Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. As I'm speaking to you right now, it's a bright, brisk October afternoon, and here in New Hampshire, we are well into the autumn season in all its glory. Actually, in terms of foliage, we're past peak, and in our yard at least, most, if not all, of the leaves have fallen from the trees. Moreover, we've had some cold nights as of late, and this just in, a couple of days back, there was some snow that fell on the Kangamagus Highway up in the White Mountains. All of which, I'm sorry to report, serves as a bit of a teaser of the winter that's sure to come, eventually. But you know what? That's okay. Because even now, as October becomes November, and the days are shorter and shorter all the time, there's just so much beauty to be found all around us. And it makes it worth that day-to-day -day approach to winter just to be able to experience it. The beauty of this time of year never fails to lift my spirit, and it always ends up as a powerful confirmation and affirmation of God our Creator. And I mean, how could it not? I wonder, how could anyone possibly gaze upon the vista of mountains and sky we have in this part of the world and not be utterly convinced of the presence and power of God Almighty? <laughs> I wonder indeed. Actually, you know, at about this time back in 2010, British physicist and mathematician Stephen Hawking published a book that was entitled The Grand Design. And in this book, he argued that there need not be a God behind the creation of the universe. He wrote that since, quote, spontaneous creation is the reason why the universe exists, unquote, physics can explain things without the need of a benevolent creator who made the universe for our benefit. Interesting. And this from a man who little more than a decade before had suggested that to understand creation would be the ultimate triumph of human reason, for then we would know the mind of God. I remember reading about this back in 2010, and though Hawking's assertion stirred a great deal of controversy right then, I do remember thinking at the time that it was just the latest in a centuries-long series of attempts to be able to explain how and why we exist, and at times to try to remove God from that equation. From the debates that have long raged about evolution and creationism, to the more recent use of, of the politically correct term intelligent design, the world has long been seeking to somehow get a handle on the assertion that as Christians we regularly make in our United Church of Christ statement of faith. Quote, you, O oh God, call the worlds into being and create persons in your own image, unquote. One has to wonder just how many intense discussions and arguments have ensued over the centuries solely on the basis of the first few chapters of Genesis. But that's our faith for you. It might surprise you to hear this, but I've always kind of thought that the whole science versus religion argument, as regards creation anyway, is pretty much a non-issue. It seems to me that however one views the creation story, whether it truly was something that happened in the space of six days with a seventh day set aside for rest, 
or if, as the TV theme song suggests, it all started with a big bang, something, or more accurately, someone, had to set the whole thing in motion. Whether the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is seen as the end result of a long, methodical cosmic plan, or as Hawking suggests, simply an instance of spontaneous creation, for my part, I have to believe that in the beginning, God flipped the switch and created the heavens and the earth. In Christian theology, there is an assertion that bears this out. In Latin, it's called creation ex nihilo, which means literally from out of nothing. It's actually kind of a biblical conundrum, one that I've discovered while teaching converts, confirmation classes and Bible studies over the years is also kind of fun to try to explain. Let me try it now. You see, everything we know to be fundamental and real about creation, the earth and the sea, the stars and the sky, right on up to all the galaxies spread across the universe, at some point they had to have been created, right? In other words, they weren't always there. At some moment of time, millions, even billions of years ago, everything that we know had to have begun to exist in some form or another. So, if you accept that, then it follows that way back before creation began to exist, it had to have not existed. In other words, before there was anything, there first had to have been nothing. And what is nothing anyway? How do you describe nothing? By our attempt to describe it, does nothing then become something? And if that's the case, does nothing really exist? And if it doesn't exist, then, well, what is it? And while we're on the subject, let's talk about God. What about God? If God, as we believe, created heaven and earth out of nothing, then what is God? We can't say that God is nothing, because we know that God is certainly something that is, exists. And God is as real to us as the very air we breathe though God is not something that we can even begin to wholly understand. All we really can say is that before there was something, there was nothing. And God is something in the midst of nothing. And out of nothing was created something. And that, friends, is, well, it's really something. Are your heads spinning yet? I know mine is. Ultimately, you see, the greatest evidence of God's power of creation is in the wonder of what we see around us every day. It harkens back to one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 8. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established. After all, we might well understand the biology by which a child is created and is born but it can't begin to express the divine image that we see in those tiny fingers and soft skin or, or what it feels to have a newborn baby in our arms. Our thirst for knowledge and understanding often leads us to immerse ourselves in, in all of the proofs, the figures, the charts, and the diagrams. That's a line from Whitman's poem, The Learned Astronomer. But still, as in that poem, in the end, we still find ourselves out in the mystical, moist night air, and from time to time, looking up in perfect silence at the stars. Indeed, it is 
our rich experience of life here within this little corner of the universe, with all the leaves and the mountain and the sky and the promise of changing season that will lead us to our own bold assertion that God did, in fact, call the worlds into being, creating persons in his image and for his great purpose and pleasure. What a thing to rejoice in, and what a thing for which to give thanks. And that brings us to the close of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.